Oh, welcome to Growing in His Word podcast. God bless you guys, man. Welcome to Growing in His Word. Uh, here's where we study the Word verse by verse. You know where it's free. You don't have to pay money. God is good. I mean, go to a church if you want, man. This is what God's called us to do, not to forsake the gathering. But here we are, verse by verse, and we're going through the Bible in the book of Acts. We, we left off last week in chapter 24 and 25. And now Felix is basically leaving Paul to be judged by uh, Caesar. And then we're going to have him pawn him off to Festus. <laughs> because nobody can judge him because he did nothing wrong. And see, this is the problem with being a believer. Is some people want to accuse you. The enemy is always out there to try to rob your joy and stop the gospel. But he can't stop the gospel because Jesus Christ cannot be contained in a cage. Amen. The Jews hated Felix, and they, they wrote let, they wrote the letters to Rome detailing their outrage over his brutality against them. <laughs> as a result, Felix was replaced as governor by Porcius Festus. And see, here's where he learned that the mistakes of Felix. Okay, now three days after arriving in Caesarea. Okay, Festus headed to Jerusalem to meet with the Jewish leaders to establish some sort of working arrangement with the high priest and the Sanhedrin because they petitioned him. The Jewish leaders pressured Festus not for uh, a, uh, what do you call it, a conscience or a favor. They wanted Festus to send Paul back to Jerusalem for trial because they wanted to get him. Their plan was to assassinate him assassinate Paul on the way. And so if there was any fault in him, Festus reopened Paul's case in attempt to appease the Jewish leaders. He wanted to keep them quiet, man. They were occupying Jerusalem. They were they took over Israel. They took over the country. Um, not the first country that tried to take over the Jews, but they took over and Paul knew that he was a citizen of Rome and he couldn't, and he, and he, and he could and then basically he could insist on a trial before the Roman judgment seat and not the and not the Jewish Sanhedrin. Listen, Paul knew about the Sanhedrin. He was a member of the Sanhedrin. Now they're playing the 52 card pickup. They shuffled them on the they shuffled them around from leaders to leaders. Felix was a crook. Felix's wife was already married to somebody else. Felix was wanted money. Paul witnessed to Felix. Paul told Felix about Jesus. And when it was time for him to leave, he didn't even know why he was arrested either. But in a way, he did know because he knew about believers being arrested. He wanted to move on and pass Paul on to somebody else. Paul was a Roman citizen, so he was born. Listen, he was born in a Roman citizen. But how his family gained that citizen is pretty much unknown, okay? But there there were pretty much several ways to become a Roman citizen, He okay? Being born to a Roman parent, or retiring from the Roman army, having citizenship pretty much granted by an emperor or a Roman general, an individual, or to an entire group of purchasing it. So a Roman citizen basically was guaranteed a fair trial and was protected against certain forms of hard punishment. And Paul knew this, and he took advantage of it. Father, we come before you, Lord, on this uh, podcast, and we just pray that you speak to us through these words in your name, Jesus, amen. Listen, welcome to Growing in His Word, man. And 
Paul's on a, on a mission here. Here he is. He's getting punished for nothing, for spreading the word of Jesus and trying, they're trying to say that he incited, he incited a, a, a mob and, and made trouble, but all he was doing was loving Christ. You see? That's all us believers want to do is love Christ and love others. That's the key of God's mercy and grace. Jesus said that he's fulfilled the law with his love. And Paul was just living for Jesus, telling believers and non-believers that Jesus Christ wants a relationship with you. I mean, how hard is it? it I mean, it was it was a free deal. Paul never wanted anything from anyone. He worked for it. And here he is on trial again for something that he didn't do. So we're in chapter 25 where it says, now when Festus had come to the province... After three days, he went up from Caesarea to Jerusalem. Then the high priest and the chief men of the Jews informed him against Paul, and they petitioned him, asking a favor against him, that he would summon him to Jerusalem while they lay in ambush along the road to kill him. Remember, they wanted to get, they wanted to petition him back to, to Israel so that they could try to kill him. They didn't want him to be alive, man. He was doing damage for Jesus. <laughs> he was doing damage for the Lord in a loving way. He was setting free. See, the enemy doesn't want us to be set free. He wants us to stay in the bondage where we are, like leather, real stiff. You don't, he don't want you to get out there, the devil don't. See, and he wants us comfortable. He wants us to, you know, that's, you know, that's what he's trying to do here, you know. So now they're trying to basically, you know, reopen his case, find fault, ambush him and kill him. But listen to this. Listen to this. Then the high priest and the chief men of the Jews informed him against Paul and they petitioned him asking a favor. Okay. There's the big deal right there. Favor against him that he would summon him to Jerusalem. While they lay in ambush along the road to kill him. But Fester answered, listen to this, Festus answered that Paul should be kept at Caesarea. Remember, he's got that Roman citizenship. And that he himself, and that he himself was going there shortly. Therefore he said, Let those who have authority among you go down with me and accuse this man to see if there's any fault in him. Okay? And when he had remained among them for more than 10 days, he went down to Caesarea and the next day sitting on the judgment seat, he commit on the judgment seat. Okay, so he commanded Paul to be brought. Ready? Well, when he had come, the Jews who had come down from Jerusalem stood about and laid many serious complaints against Paul, which they could not prove. They knew he had citizenship from Rome, but he was a Jew. They knew he was a citizen of Rome and they couldn't get him. So what did they try to do? Well, they tried to blackmail, ask for favors. They wanted to stop the gospel. That's what this sermon's about, this podcast today. You can't stop the gospel. You can't, it's called gospel, okay? You cannot stop the gospel. You cannot stop Jesus. You cannot stop 
the Holy Spirit working or wanting to work in someone's life. You can't. And think about it. All these commanders, all these, all these trials, all this stuff, all of this. Because he loves Jesus Christ. Can you imagine? Amazing. Jesus is real. I mean, if they didn't care or didn't believe in it, they would have rubbed it off and said, you know, it doesn't matter. But that's another reason why we know the gospel is real. Folks, believers, note takers, we're going to be persecuted. We're going to see things that are done against us, even in this very own nation, that we won't like. But Jesus said, you know what? It's going to happen. These are the things that God talks about in the end that are going to happen. I mean, Matthew 24 sums it up, man. Remember when Jesus left the temple and he was walking away with his disciples? He came up to him and he, and he to call his attention to its buildings. Do you see all these buildings, Jesus said? Listen, he said, truly I tell you, not, not one stone here will be left on another. He said, everyone will be thrown down. Listen, verse 3 says, as Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the, the, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when will this happen? And what will be the signs of your coming and of the end of the age? And the end of the age, Jesus answered and said, watch out that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah, and I will deceive many. And will deceive many, not him. You will hear of wars. Well, we're here right now and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines. Well, what are we going through? COVID-19 and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of birth pains. Then you will be handed over to the persecuted and put to death, and you will be hated by all nations because of me. I really believe that a lot of pastors don't want to preach the truth because they're scared. They, they don't want to be handed over and be put to death in the end. I mean, a lot of us will be before the rapture comes. But at that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Here we already have it. We already have being put to death. Look in different countries you're living in. They're living in. Look at Haiti and look at look at the countries, man, that are putting believers to death because of Christ. It's happening. But Jesus goes on to say that in many false prophets will appear after people betray and hate one another. And they will appear and deceive many people because of the increase of wickedness. The love of most will grow cold, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. And that's and the, and, and this is the gospel of the kingdom. That's what Jesus said. Listen, but this is the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. Wow, I think that's pretty much sums it up. You see? Verse 15 says, so when they see, when they see, so when you see standing in the holy place, listen to this, 
the abomination that causes desolation, spoken through the prophet Daniel, let the reader understand. And it goes on and talks about how dreadful it will be in those days. And pregnant women, nursing mothers, etc. Listen, let's just get to the point. We're living in some serious times. Paul, here, they had Paul lined up. They had him lined up. And Festus wanting to do Jews, Jews a favor, you know. He's going to ask him to go to Jerusalem. Listen. But he's got the heavy accusations against him. Paul was intelligent enough to know that all his rights and savvy, uh, they were savvy enough to know how to use him. He knew his rights as a Roman citizen. He knew. <laughs> he knew that as a citizen, he could appeal to Caesar in order to be tried in Rome. And so, not only did his rights as a Roman citizen often save his life in dangerous situations, they also allowed him to carry the gospel message to jailers, shipmaters, kings, and to the emperor of, even to the emperor of Rome. Listen, all this persecution was because Paul was going to be brought before the big cheese, the big government, the big the big Bambino, the, the president. For one thing, the gospel. So you may be thinking to yourself, why am I going through this hardship? Why am I going through these things in life? Because number one, note takers, it's the end time. Number two, it's part of the plan that God has in his life for you. You're being used for... You may be suffering, but in the end, people that are listening to you while you're suffering are getting the word of God. And that's what Paul is doing. He witnessed to Felix. He witnessed to the jailers. He witnessed to everybody that he could while he was being persecuted. There's reasons for seasons. Well, you may think, I don't want to go through that. Well, hey, man. <laughs> that's what being a Christian's about, man. We learn through growing pains. We learn through trials. We learn through tribulations. We learn through reading God's word and growing in his word. Paul was growing not only in his word, but he was, he was, everything he touched was all about Jesus. He knew he was born for a reason and for a season. And God granted him that power to show people God's mercy, love, and grace. And to boot the law. So, he commanded, is verse 6 says in Acts chapter 25, verse 6. You know, actually verse 5. Therefore he said, let those who have authority among you go down with me and accuse this man to see if there's any fault in him. All right? They're going to try to kill him. That's what they want to do, ambush him. It's easier to shut someone up and just do that, okay? But listen, in, in, in God's in control of everything, so it's not going to happen right now. Listen, verse 6, And when he had remained among them for more than 10 days, he went down to Caesarea, and the next day sitting on the judgment seat, okay, he commanded Paul to be brought. Verse 7 says, When he had come to the Jews, who had come down from Jerusalem, he stood about and laid many serious complaints against Paul which they could not prove. While he answered for himself, neither against the law of the Jews, nor against the temple, nor against Caesar, have I offended in anything at all. He's telling them, what did I do, man? What did I do? 
What did I do, man? What did I do? <laughs> but Festus wanted to do a, the Jews a favor, answered Paul and said, are you willing to go up to Jerusalem and there be judged before me concerning these things? Of course he's not going to go. Paul ain't stupid. He was a member of the Sanhedrin. Listen, so Paul said, I stand in Caesar's judgment seat where I ought to be judged. To the Jews, I have done no wrong, as you very well know. For if I am an, if I am an offender or have committed anything deserving of death, I do not object to dying. But if there is nothing in these things of which these men accuse me, no one can deliver me to them. Man, I'm going to appeal to Caesar. And that, believers, listen, is what God is doing in the very end. You see the big picture from Paul preaching, from Paul rebuking the, musician, the musicians, from Paul starting from the very beginning, and now you're seeing Paul going all the way up the ladder to Caesar all these trials and tribulations and painful events, Paul has earned the stripes. Not earned it, but has worked the stripes up his arms as a soldier for Jesus to witness to Caesar. Wow, what an amazing, amazing, amazing event that God would allow a man to be persecuted and be happy while he's getting it and at the same time, give, give the love of Christ to all the lost while going all the way to the top to witness, wow, to witness to the biggest leader, Caesar. Wow, wow. And you may think, well, what does this have to do with me? God can use you, man. God can use you all the way up the ladder to get to your husband, to get to your wife, to get to your classmates, to get to your students, to get to your audience, to show them that Jesus Christ has and wants a relationship with them. But he wants the glory. Listen, all these people are being touched by the Lord through Paul. It's amazing. And I really believe it's part of history. It's a history you can't erase. So he tried to trip him up. But Paul was smart. He already knew that they were waiting on him. They already knew. Before that, he already knew. And he knew the law. And he was a member of the Sanhedrin. So he says, I'm going to appeal to Caesar. Verse 12 says, In Festus, when he had conferred with the council, and answered, You have appealed to Caesar. To Caesar you shall go. Well. And now Festus has to write this letter now. Because he laid Paul's case before the king. Now Festus has a problem in the case of an appeal of a letter because it had to be written providing the details of the case and Festus didn't even understand the case. <laughs> this is amazing. All the charges that people bring against believers for Jesus, you know. Um, they got nothing on them. <laughs> it was, you know... It was, um, Festus didn't understand what was going on with Paul or why the Jewish leaders even hated him. But when King Agrippa arrived to bring his official greetings, it gave Festus an opportunity to get an opinion, basically from one who might have understanding of such things of Paul. So basically that was what was going on, man. You see, 
<laughs> it's amazing. It's like a circus. You know, it's a circus. Believers, you don't got to live like this. You know, enjoy God's grace and love and mercy. Look at what's going on. God has given us freedom. Now Paul's going before Agrippa. And after some days, listen, King Agrippa and Bernice came to Caesarea to greet Festus. Now they're all together talking with one another. How are we going to do it, man? How are we going to accuse this guy? What are we going to do? What am I going to say, man? It's like, dude, it's amazing what people will do to believers who just want to love on others. Verse 14 says, when they had been there many days, Festus laid Paul's case before the king, saying, saying there is a certain man left left a prisoner by Felix. You know, Felix, the corrupt guy, because that's what he was. He was corrupt. And, you know, he wanted Paul to pay him money to bail him out. But see, verse 15 says, about whom the chief priests and the elders of the Jews informed me when I was in Jerusalem asking for a judgment against him. To them I answered, it is not the custom of the Romans to deliver any man to destruction before the accused meets the accusers face to face and has an opportunity to answer for himself concerning the charges against him. Therefore, when they had come together without any delay, the next day I sat on the judgment seat and commanded the man to be brought in but when the accusers stood up, they brought no accusation against him of such things, as I supposed, but had some questions against him about their own religion and about a certain Jesus. Here it comes. Here comes the roller coaster. So now he's cranking up the roller coaster to the top. Now the roller coaster is going to drop down because here it comes. Jesus, who had died, who Paul affirmed to be alive. Wow. Spiritually alive. Look, listen to this. And verse 20 says, And because I was uncertain of such questions, I asked whether he was willing to go to Jerusalem and there to be judged concerning these matters. But when Paul appealed to be reserved for the decision of Augustus, I commanded him to be kept till I could send him to Caesar. Then Agrippa said to Festus, listen to this. I also want to hear from this man myself. Now keep in mind, everywhere Paul's going, you know he's telling them about Jesus. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Man, he's getting beat down. Paul's getting his tail whipped everywhere he goes. Man, they can't make a decision because Paul is using this to witness and witness and witness to the next person. It's amazing, man. It really is. So the next day when Agrippa and Bernice had come with great pomp, great pomp, wow, big ceremony, great pomp, here comes the big ceremony. Basically, what it's coming down to is, is, is Paul wasn't being judged because he had done something wrong. He had not turned against his own Jewish, he, he basically, he had not turned against his own Jewish heritage Instead, he fervently believed in the promises of God had made to the nation of Israel. The promise of the coming Messiah and the reestablishment of the kingdom of God. And Paul did not reject the hope of salvation for Israel. Instead, he saw that the hope fulfilled in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Basically, the fact that Jesus had been raised from the dead confirmed to Paul that all believers 
would be raised from the dead to enjoy the blessing of the promised kingdom of God. And they couldn't handle this. And so this is the problem today where you witness to people and they don't want it. They shut you out. They'd rather have the the video games. They'd rather have the TV. They'd rather have the golden rings, the big houses. They don't understand. They're led away by their own desires. And not all people are led away by their own desires. There's people who have money who can have money but have Jesus, and that's fine. But what are you doing with Christ? What are you doing with Jesus? What are we believers doing with the gospel? Paul did a lot under persecution. And all I'm saying is, what are we doing with Jesus? And next week, we're going to take a look at that. Okay, but he says here, tomorrow he's, tomorrow he said, you shall hear him. Okay, so now the next day, he's going. Agrippa and Bernice are going to come with a great pomp, and they're going to have the auditorium with the commanders and the prominent men of the city as Festus commanded. And Paul was brought in, and Festus, you know, Festus said to King Agrippa and all the men who are here present with us, you see this man? Okay, and they're gonna win the, and this, and they're gonna hit him. They're gonna hit him hard. Listen, they're gonna hit Paul hard. Listen, I'm just gonna read this and and let you decide. And so, so the next day, when Agrippa and Bernice had come with great pomp and had entered the auditorium with the commanders and the prominent men of the city at at Festus' command. Paul was brought in, verse 24, and Festus said, King Agrippa and all the men who are here present with us, you see this man about whom the whole assembly of the Jews petitioned me both at Jerusalem and here crying out that he was not fit to live any longer. But when I found that he had committed nothing deserving of of death and that he himself had appealed to Augustus, I decided to send him. I have nothing certain to write to my Lord concerning him. Therefore, I have brought him out before you and especially before you, King Agrippa, so that after the examination has taken place, I have I may have something to write for it seems to be unreasonable to send a prisoner and not to specify the charges against him. They don't know what to do with them. And that's that's they've got the whole council against them and that's what's going on. Listen, believers, if... Something's bothering you. Get on your knees and pray. Listen, God wants to use you. Listen. Listen, man, if you were in the world, if you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But it, but because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember. Remember the word that I said to you as a servant. It is not greater than his master, if they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they keep my word, they will also keep yours. First, Second John fifteen nineteen. You see, it's gonna happen. Matthew five ten. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they when others reveal you, revile, revile, revile you and persecute you, and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely. On my account, rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted my, the prophets who were before you. 
They're going to persecute you. Listen. Jesus said, truly, I say to you, there is no one who has left his house or his brothers or his sister or his mother or his father or his children or lands for my sake. As for the gospel, who will not receive a hundredfold? Now in this time, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands and persecutions in the age to come. It's going to happen. Believers, listen, listen, listen. And I'm going to leave you with this. Revelation 2.10 says, Do not fear what you are about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to throw some of you, not everybody, into prison that you may be tested. And for 10 days you will have tribulation. Be faithful unto the death. And Paul didn't care. He was faithful. He said, I don't care if I die. He says, but it says here in Revelation 2.10, it says, be faithful unto death and I will give you the crown of life. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The one who conquers will not be hurt by the second death. Listen, Jesus loves you. He will not hurt you. He's a merciful and gracious, loving God. Father God, we come before you. We thank you for this, this radical sermon, Lord. We ask that you, Lord, protect us, guide us, give us your, your, your uh, plan, Father, where you want us. We know that things are going to happen, Father. But, but Paul says that grace is sufficient for you. He says, for my power is made perfection and weakness, Father. And he says that, therefore, I will boast in all more gladly of my weakness so that the power of you, Lord Jesus, can rest upon me for the sake of you, Christ. Then I am content with weakness and soul's hardships, persecutions and calamities. For when I am weak, Father, then I am strong. Lord, I thank you for this day, Father, and I thank you for your word in Jesus' name. God bless you guys for listening to Growing in His Word. And know that no matter what happens in your life, Christ is there for you. Satan's going to attack you. But we have to finish the race because we are called by God to love others and to serve others and to be graceful and boot the law because it's nasty legalism like Galatians says, but to continue in the faith in Jesus Christ. Thank you for growing in His Word, man. God bless you guys. And, and log on to growinginhisword.com and you will see there uh, lots of stuff for you guys to learn. Bible study materials. And don't forget to email me. God bless you guys and have a beautiful week.